This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. And alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiru wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyiati amalina man yahdihillahu falamudillalahu man yudlil falahadiyalah wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah wahduhu la sharika lah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam come to the third hadith from the two words of the 40 hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam first hadith is the tremendous hadith al-ayinul haq al-ayinul haq and then last week the second hadith was al-harb khid'atun and concerning al-harb khid'atun not only should we know the importance as we mentioned of what you benefit from that hadith but should know how to push away the shubahat and the misunderstandings that non-Muslims have, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, as it relates to the ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now, Muslims, when they go to war, they put on camouflage uniforms, and that's a form of deception. Everybody does it. So, if they're fighting in the snow they'll wear white. If they're in the jungle, they'll wear clothes that cause them to blend in. Why? Because of that hadith. Al-harb khid'ah. War is deception. We come to the third hadith, which is the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al-aymanu al-ayman. Al-ayman al-ayman. Start from the right. Start from the right. Take care of the right, take care of the right. Al-Aman, Al-Aman, Al-Aman for Al-Aman. Start from the right, take care of the right. This hadith has been collected by Imam Bukhari, a Muslim. Al-Aman for Al-Aman. And a few incidents happened concerning this hadith. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was sitting, visiting someone and the owner of the house came and gave him a bowl of milk. And to his right, there was a Bedouin from the desert, an Arabi from the desert. And to his left was someone who was superior and was none other than Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. Another narration said it was Khalid ibn Walid, the sword of Allah Azawajal. Both of them are more virtuous than the Bedouin who was to the right of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And another narration said that Umar was in front of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam facing Rasulullah. To his right was a Bedouin, to his left was Abu Bakr. The Prophet drank some of the milk, not all of the milk, he drank some of the milk. And after finishing it, Umar said to him, Ya Rasulullah, give it to Abu Bakr. Give it to Abu Bakr. And the Prophet said, Al-Aymanu fal-Ayman. Start from the right. We're going to go to the right. And then he gave it to the Bedouin, and it went around like that. 
there was another incident that's also authentic in which the Prophet وسلم, on another occasion was brought some milk and to his right was a young man like some of the young shabab in the majlis right now to his left was Abu Bakr again showing you how Abu Bakr was always in close proximity to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So when the Prophet drank some of the milk, he looked at the little boy and he made a stit then. It was the haq of the little boy. So he said to the boy, I ask your permission to allow me to give it to your elder. The boy said, la wallahi. I will not give anyone superiority over me when it comes to you. If it's a question of giving him my seat, a question of letting him go in the door before me, a question of something like that, I'll give ethar. I'll choose him over myself. But when it comes to me drinking first after you, I'm not going to let anybody surpass me when that's my haq. So the Prophet gave it to the little boy Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And then he said Al-Aymin Fal-Aymin Start with the right Start with the right This idea has a lot of fiqh Connected to it A lot of adab It's something we have to learn From the benefits of it It goes to show clearly That the Nabi of Islam Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Was an example for us The teacher The sheikh The khatib The one who's teaching should be an example. Shouldn't be the one who's just giving kalam, but not living up to and living by what he's saying because that's not what the Prophet was on, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You're never going to find him telling the people to do something and he's not doing it. You'll never find it. He was always the example of what was being commanded, what was being prohibited. He was the, always the first to do it or the first to leave it, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. An example of that is this hadith. So there are many hadith, like his statement, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Afshu Salam, Wa Atimu Ta'am, Wa Sallu Billayli Wa Nas Niyam. Give salams to everybody you know and everybody you see. He used to do that. He would give salams to the youngsters, to the women, to the individual, to the jama'at, those he knew, those he didn't know. He said, and feed food. He used to do that. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Although he didn't have a lot Like in this case He used to do that Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah mentioned the believers in the Quran وَيُطْعِمُونَ الطَّعَامَ عَلَى حُبِّهِ مِسْكِينًا وَيَتِيمًا وَأَسِيرًا Those believers They have love for food They love that food But despite their love for that food They still give people that food the Prophet didn't have much, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But here's a case where not only did he not have a lot, but he drank some and passed it off. An example of loving for your brother what you love for yourself. Wallahi had he drank all of the milk, not a single person in the majlis would have been upset with him. No one would have been upset. They would have all been happy. But he wasn't like that, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So that hadith, none of you truly believes to love for your brother what he loves for himself. This is one of those hadith. And that he may ethar. He could have drank it all, but that's not our deen. The more hands that are in the food, the more barakah. Don't be a person who's bakhil. 
the way of the Nabi and caused people to come into Islam is when they saw how generous he was. They said he does not fear being impoverished, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. So the hadith is a delil on all of that and for all of that. It also shows clearly the social justice of al-Islam. One of those many hadith about the social justice of Islam. He told those people if Muhammad's daughter Fatima, if she would have steal something, I will wallahi chop her hand off as well. Just because this person is from Bani Makhzum, or this person is from another tribe of Quraysh, or this one over here is popular, he said, Wallahi, I'm not going to allow you people to get involved. Someone has to get the had, and you think you can get involved and get them off the hook? He gave the tremendous example. Wallahi, if my daughter Fatima stole something, I'd chop her hand off. When he performed the hajj, he told the people from this day forward, all riba is haram. All riba. And the first riba that I'm putting under my foot is the riba of my uncle Abbas. That's how the Prophet was, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So here you have in this hadith, a Bedouin. And the Bedouin, in our religion, we have to understand, everybody is not equal. Wallahu faddalakum, wallahu faddala ba'dakum ala ba'd fir rizq. Allah has given some of you superiority over others in money. Everybody's not equal here in money. Say, are they equal? Those who know and those who don't know, they're not equal. People who know are not equal to people who don't know. In anything, Allah mentioned in the Quran, The man, the male is not like the female. They're not equal. They're not equal. He gets two rams slaughtered for him. She gets one. He gives two portions to her one in the inheritance. They're not equal. So there are many things. The one who was walking sitting in the fitna is not like the one who is standing. The one who's standing is not like the one who's walking. The one who's walking is not like the one who is running. Not equal. The prophets and the messengers are not equal. Some of them are more virtuous than others. But there are certain aspects that we're all equal. No one is more superior than other people in issues like this. He said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al-muslimoon tatakafa'u dima'uhum wahum yadun ala man siwahum yas'abidhimmatihim adnahum It's an important hadith. He said that the Muslims, their blood is equal. No one's blood is more important than anyone else's blood. No one's sitting here. Arab blood is not more important than Arab rich person. No one. The believers, the Muslims, all of their blood is equal and they are like one hand against all the other hands. They're united against everyone else. If one of them gives someone asylum, sanctuary, protection, then they all have to respect that. Even if they are the lowest of the community gave sanctuary. So we had this thing in Islam and the Arabs used to have it where you will give a person protection وَإِنْ أَحَدٌ مِّنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ اسْتَجَارَكَ فَأَجِرْهُ حَتَّى يَسْمَعَ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ Ya Muhammad, while you're giving dawah to the kuffar of Quraysh, 
if some of these kuffar come to you for protection, they didn't become Muslims, but they want you to protect them. He said, protect them. Give them the agreement that you protect them so that they can hear the speech of Allah. So there was one companion, Umhani, a tremendous lady. Umhani, she's a lady. She gave a man from Quraysh protection. She's a lady. The other men said, we're not listening to you. We're not honoring your protection, woman. We're going to kill that man for everything that he did against us in Jahiliyyah. She went to the Prophet and told him what happened. Ya Rasulullah, I gave him my protection, my asylum. He said, we protect those who Umhani protects. So the Muslims, their blood is equal. No one's blood is more important than the next man's blood. And the example of that, we're all in a boat right now and the boat is sinking. We can't throw anybody over the boat. We have to stay and survive together or we have to get in the water and drown together. Whoever can swim, he swims. But we can't come up with any ideas and say, well, these are the elders. Let's throw them off because they're closer to death than everybody else. Or someone say, oh, these are the kids. They're young. They don't have any taklifa. Let's throw them off of the boat. Well, these are the reverts. Let's throw them off the boat first. These are the Afghanis. No, no formula works. Everybody's blood is equal. Everybody. So this Bedouin, he has a right. The one who was on the right, yes, that's how it goes. One of the great tabi'een, Nafi', who used to learn from Abdullah ibn Umar, he said that Abdullah ibn Umar said about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam naha and yuqeem arraju akhahu min maqadihi thumma yajrisu fee. Rasulullah said it is not permissible for a man to come and tell his brother, get up from that seat. And then he sits in that seat. So the narrator of Nafi' ibn Juraj, he said, I said to Nafi' when he told us that he heard Abdullah ibn Umar say that the Prophet ﷺ prohibited that. Ibn Juraj said, is that in the Jummah? I mean, Yomul Jummah? People come and they tell people to get up? That's what it means? Abdullah bin Umar said, no. You can't do that in Juma. You can't do that at the Walima. You can't do that at the Aqiqah. You can't do that when you come into someone's house and everybody's sitting there. You come and tell them, you get up and let me sit there. Wallahi, that happens in our community on the day of Juma. The guy is a boxer. He's a celebrity, soccer player, football player, boxer. Saw with my own eyes. He comes to Juma two minutes before the Adhan, intentionally wanting to be late. And then come in and they make the people in the first row get up. The people in the first row have a right to say, we're not getting up. What kind of religion is this? What kind of masjid is this? So you can't make someone get up out of your seat, out of his seat. That's from the Adab of Al-Islam. So the man came and gave the Prophet the juice or the water, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alayhi wa sallam. And he, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alayhi wa sallam, gave it to the person next to him to the right. And then he explained, al-ayman fil-ayman. It's a clear delil, ikhwani, of the virtues of the right in al-Islam. This is important. The virtues of the right. The right is not like the left hand. The right is not like the left. But we don't have khurafat like the non-Muslims. They say if you are lefty, you're a child of the devil. That's khurafat. Some companions were left-handed. Talking about. So we don't believe in stuff like that. 
If a person is a ginger, then that individual also is a child of the devil because he's ginger. The lady is blonde, got blonde hair, she's a dimbo. What are you talking about? What kind of stereotypes are those that people come up with? But in the religion of Islam, the right hand and the right side has virtues. And this is one of those hadith. He didn't say to the left, to the left. He said, start from the right, start from the right. From what's been mentioned in our deen is showing the virtues of the right, that Allah Ta'ala's two hands are right hands, both of them. He doesn't have a left hand. Both of them are right hands. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those people who are fair and just when they deal with people. They're fair and just with their families. They have more than one wife. They have multiple children. They're fair and just with their children who they're not married to their mother anymore. Whenever they give rulings, the Prophet showing us now, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, fair and just, the Bedouin is on the right side. He said anybody who is fair and just, the reward of that is yomul qiyamah, they will be on members made out of light, on the right side of ar-Rahman, Allah, and both of his hands are right hands. That means something now, Adin. From the virtues of the right, Anas ibn Malik said about the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, كان يعجبه التيمن في شأني كله في ترجله وتنعله Rasulullah used to love doing things with his right in all of his affairs. When he combed his hair, he started with his right. So the man goes to the barbershop and the guy is Sikh, Hindu, he's a non-Muslim, he may be a Muslim, he says, Start my hair on the right, not the left. The man is a barber, he practices his hadith. So today's hadith is just not karam. Today's hadith is to encourage you to do these things like the previous hadith. Just not get karam. Al-aymen, fil-aymen. The right, the right, the right. So if he combed his hair, start with the right. Put his shoe on, start it with the right. Put his clothes on, his shirt with the right. Legs with the right. Everything with the right when it came to that, his affairs. Ate with the right, drank with the right, gave with the right, took with the right. Prohibited people and said, don't eat with your left, don't drink with your left. Don't give with your left, don't take with your left. A shaitan does all of that. You're being like a shaitan. He came into the masjid with his right. Left the hammam, akramakumullah, with his right. He used to do what was in the right more times than not. So there's one of those hadith that add on to that, that the right is better. He says, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna allaha wa malaikatuhu yusalluna ala mayamin as-sufuf. Allah and the angels, they give salams, salawat, on the people who pray on the right side of the road. So if you're on the first row on the left, that's good. But the first row on the right is better. Second row on the right is better. Third row on the right is better, and on and on and on. Why? Because in the deen, there's taqdeen to the right. There's virtues for the right in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there are many, many, many issues. 
from what we have as well fa amma man utiya kitabahu bi yaminihi fa sawfa yuhasabu hisaban yasira wa yanqalabu ila ahlihi masrura yawm alqiyamah the one who is given his book in his right may allah give us all our books of good deeds in our right hands the one who's given his book in his right hand he's going to have an easy hisab he's going to go to jannah and after the ruling and muhasaba he's going to turn to his family and he's going to be happy but the one who was given the book behind his back or to his left is going to have problems he's going to have a lot of problems all of those are indications of the right everybody has wa ma yalfidhu min qawlin illa ladayhi no one has with him except two angels Raqiban Atid on the right and the left the one on the right has virtues on the one on the left and that the authentic hadith if the son of adam does a sin does a good deed it would be written down as 10 up to 700 so if he gave 1 pound that angel on the right immediately writes it down 10 pounds up to 700 if he does a bad deed the angel on the left prepares to write it down and the amir the angel on the right is the amir because he orders him he commands him he says don't write it down don't write it down give him a chance the angel waits for 6 hours what are those 6 hours allahu alam are they the 60 minutes that we have 6 times allahu alam allahu alam but he is given 6 hours to make tauba and istighfar so the point here is the one on the right the one who says to him hey don't do that until he's given a chance and other than that in the deen of allah the swearing of the yameen half al yameen so many things is the right is the right in the deen but there're going to be things obviously you do with your left hand like the things that are left for dirtiness he prohibited us and he said do not do not clean yourselves with your right hands You can't clean yourself with your right hand because the hand you're going to be using to shake people's hands as he used to shake with his right never shake with his left sallallahu alaihi wasallam as for wearing rings the prophet used to wear a ring sallallahu alaihi wasallam and as we did in this class in the shama'il al-muhammadiyah by al-imam at-tirmidhi the chapter of wearing rings he wore it on his left hand on the pinky finger and he wore it on the right hand we shouldn't be shadid on people who wear it on the left hand we say you're being like the kuffar you can't say that the nabi himself wore it on his left hand but because he loved the right if you want to wear it all the time on your left finger your watch all the time on your right wrist because now muslims they don't know why they usually put it on their left hand vast majority of people put the watch on the left hand so the person says Just as I'm going to start my hair cut on the right, I'm going to put my shoe on the right, I'm going to do all these things with my right, brush my teeth with the right and so forth and so on, I'm going to wear my jewelry on my right hand. But we don't need shidda in those types of issues. Last thing that we want to mention about this particular hadith ikhwani is is important even when it comes to the right, don't be shadid. Don't be shadid in that. because if you look at the hadith the host of the house is the one who came with the bowl of milk 
And he came to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So that means on the right side of the giver, Abu Bakr was on what, what, what side for him? On the right. And the Bedouin was on what side of the man? On the left side. So why didn't the man, may Allah be pleased with them, start with Abu Bakr? And then Abu Bakr gives it to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why didn't that happen? Everybody got the picture? The man is coming and he gave the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the bowl. And he didn't give it to Abu Bakr who was on the left of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So if the hadith and the command is al-ayman, fal-ayman. This goes to show ikhwani the importance of us getting fiqh in the religion and not being too quick to make judgments against people and things, especially the big things. I saw something today for the first time. Someone put this thing out against Saudi Arabia and some of the munkarat that are going on in Saudi Arabia and they were condemning Salafi people for that, saying silence of the lambs. Salafis have everything to do, we have something to do with everything going on in Saudi Arabia. Everything that goes on, I have to speak out against everything that goes on in Saudi Arabia. They've been telling you for a long time, a long time, Al-Islam is not Saudi Arabia. Salafi is not Saudi Arabia. Salafi is not black, white. It's not belonging to anyone. It's the deen of Allah, the Quran and the Sunnah, the way the companions understood. But if a person is given to takfir and ghulu and shidda, they have lawazim. We're going to make you responsible. And they put some names of two or three of our brothers. No, that's vuln. That's vuln. So the person brings ayat from here, a hadith from here, and makes takfir of everybody? No. You have to get fiqh, and this is the point. We have to get fiqh of those ayat and those hadith. Don't be so quick to superimpose upon people your interpretation or understanding. So from this hadith, it shows that although the sunnah is to start from the right, if there was a person of virtue in the majlis. Rasulullah is better than everyone else. And Sayyidu Bani Adam, I'm the best of Adam's children. He's the khatim of the MB and the Rusul. So, therefore, you start off with him in the majlis. This is the oldest person in the majlis. This is your father in the majlis. So your father is sitting here, your brother's this way, your other brother's that way. All your friends are this way, your other friends... No, man. You start off with your father showing these people the position of your father in your eyes and in your heart and in your house. If it wasn't for Allah being your father, they wouldn't be in your house in the first place. So you show them that. Someone of virtue, whoever it happens to be. He came from a long distance and the dawah is for him. The walima, the ta'am is for him. You want to honor him. You say, Tfaddali. he goes first. And then once he starts, well, after he finishes, then he starts, Al-Aymen Fal-Aymen. Now if someone came in, and they started it off with the person on the right, and you are the father, and you're the older one, don't get upset. This is the sunnah as well. That's the sunnah as well. You just have to be balanced, and our fiqh of these issues, and not complicated not difficult so part of today's lesson is to encourage you pray on the right side of the sufuf you come into the thing don't start over there 
maybe they're about to go into Rukur, so you get in the saf over there. That's from the fiqh, to catch the rakat. But if you have time, come over and start the road from over there. Are you going to argue with the people and say, no, you got to start away. No, 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 you're not going to argue. Because you can start from the right. You can start from the middle. You can start from the left. All of that is, is, is wide open. All of that. Also, today's lesson is to get our children and people around us to do things paying attention to the right. The Muslim is different and distinct, as we've mentioned so many times. Two words, we have to know the difference between them. Integration, we're all for that. We're going to integrate. You look at this community, we have black, white, Arab, tall, young, small, old, rich, poor, everybody. As for assimilation, no, we don't assimilate. We don't come into a host country and then we melt like sugar melts in tea or something like no assimilation, integration. We bring our deen and we bring the things that we do. How we look, how we eat, how we dress, how we worship. All of those issues. All of those issues. So know the difference between assimilation and integration. Islam is not against integration. And we're not second class citizens. So that's the hadith for today. Al-Aman fal amen. I just want to pick out three brothers and you do these three hadith inshallah. First brother, right here, my man. The first three hadith. Al-Aynu Haqqun. Al-Harbun Khida. Good job. The last one. Al-Aymen. Al-Aymen. My brother. Last one, right here, my man, right there. Go ahead. Akhi, give me an example, Sheikh, of how war is deception. How is war deception? <laughs> Good job. <laughs> camouflage clothes give me an example how war is deception an example from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam how is war deception whenever he would go for a war sallallahu alaihi wasallam the war the direction is out there he would go this way and then once he got out of the sight of the eyes of medina he would go the other way why? Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Because of the hypocrites. The hypocrites. War is deception. We have hypocrites in our community who are at war with us. So you have to be a person who you're nice to people, but you have to keep your cards close to your chest. Don't think I'm saying play cards, play play. I didn't say play the figure of speech. Keep your cars close to you. Don't talk to everybody about what your situation is. You're at your job and you're on probationary period or whatever. There are office politics and people want to stab you in your back. Everybody who smiles, they say when the lion shows you his teeth, doesn't mean he's smiling. Doesn't mean he's smiling. So at your job, you have to be on top of the situation. Now, listen, I'm not trying to paint the dunya 
you know, bad and, and no, just saying, you have to, you have to be aware. All right, today is hadith, al-ayman fil-ayman. My brother, my brother right there, my brother right there. What is the, what is the meaning of al-ayman fil-ayman? Right, right, which means what? One of the benefits that we get from this hadith socially, what's the benefit of the hadith? A social benefit that we have. To all the goodness, listen, I get calls quite often about people who are reverts and things like that. Just the other day, Brother Abdullah Thompson, may Allah have rahmah upon his father who died recently and there was no janazah prayed over him. So we pray the janazah. I get calls from people to say, can you pray the janazah over this one and that one? I say no, because it's social hypocrisy. I don't pray janazah over someone who the janazah was prayed over. And we don't make dua on Friday when people come to us and say, make dua because my father is in the hospital, my mother is in the hospital, because it's social hypocrisy. How is it social hypocrisy? Well, well, everybody has someone sick. So if the person, everyone, I opened up the door, I'm going to make dua. Then every week, people will be coming, make dua, make dua. Make, and now the dua after the Juma will become ibadah. It's, we'll do it every day. Rasulullah didn't do that every day. So the person who has money, the person who's cool with me, the person who's my friend for a long time, I do it for him. But the guy who just happened to pray here, never saw him before. Today's his first Friday, he comes, says, make dua. He said, nah, we don't know you. We don't know you. You even have some messages who give sadaqah, they write people's names down in sadaqah. They put their names on the list. And whenever those sadaqah givers want something, the admin feels responsible. No, we don't do it for anybody. We make janazah for someone from the community if their relative was not preyed upon. But that constant dua, dua, and no, we shouldn't do that. And similar to it is standing up as well. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said in what is collected by Al-Imam al-Bukhari and Al-Adab al-Mufrad, ما كان أحد أحب إلينا من رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وكنا لا نقوم له بما عرفنا من كراهيته لذلك He said no one, we loved no one more than the Nabi We loved him more than everybody But when he used to come, we would not stand up for him Because we knew he hated that So he told the people من أحب الناس Anyone who insists and he loves for people to stand up for him, then let him make his place in the hellfire. There are certain Muslim countries in the Arab world, if you don't stand up when people come into that room, you're going to have a social problem. You're going to have a big problem. Now, this is one of those issues where we have to be people with fiqh. I remember, I was 22, 23, 24, young, a new student. I was in Medina, and standing up as part of the culture there. We used to didn't stand up. Because we were alul hadith. We were alul hadith. We were salafi. And standing up. And when the people would come in, they would look at us. And they would like, wondering their mind to the guests, to the host, where these guys come from? Where they come from? Our dress is different. 
Our color is different and we're going against the norm. And when we used to do that, we used to be, yeah, we, we, we were hungry, that's all right. Nah, that's not how you have to be in that environment. That's not how you have to be when you're in the environment with people and you're going against their customs that are going to cause balbala and dajja and fawda. Yeah, we have to give dawah to the sunnah and all of that, but you believe and perceive as being true. No doubt about that. But you have to take it easy, especially if it's an issue that has some leniency in it. One of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it was either Sa'd ibn Ubadah or Sa'd ibn Mu'adh. May Allah be pleased with both of them. They were both the leaders of the Ansar, Al-Aws and Al-Khazraj. In the battle of Badr, one of them got his arm cut off right here. And he was bleeding. They thought he was going to die. And the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wanted him to judge. He wanted him to judge against one of the tribe, a group of people who broke the contract. And he brought him and when he came, the Prophet told the people, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Qumu ila Sayyidikum, Wanziluhu. Stand up and go to your leader and take him down, get him off of his horse. So we found some of those scholars who were there, some other scholars who talked to us, told us, calm down. They said, the people use this hadith to show you can't stand up. When the Prophet would come to, he would say, he said to the people, stand up to your leader. Get up and stand up and help him down. Some of us said, he just told me to stand up to help him. Don't use that. Nah, you got to take it easy. That's the point. That's the point. As long as there's some delil in there to help we have to be fuqaha inshallah, du'at, not people who are just trying to make tanfir. Okay, khwani, if you guys have any questions, you can put your questions forward concerning today's hadith, al-ayman fal-ayman. Aywa, akhi. The last class, al-harb khid'atun. From last week, we had mentioned that Ibn Ishaq, Muhammad Ibn Ishaq, he narrated the story and the incident behind Al-Harb Khid'a. And we said that he narrated it without any chain of narration. So that story is weak. We can't rely on it because it has no authentic chain of narration. But the part in the hadith, Al-Harb Khid'a, that's authentic. Chains of narration for that is mutawatir. No doubt about that part. Ibn Ishaq, he was a great imam in the Ghazawat and the Sirah. He was one of those imams who's relied on when it comes to the Ghazwa, the uh, wars of the Nabi and his Sirah. But in Hadith, he is weak. As a narrator, he is weak. There's nothing spectacular about that. A man can be an imam and is deemed but weak in Hadith. And Imam Abu Dawood had a son. His son's name was Abdullah. Abdullah. Ibn Suleiman. Ibn, Ibn Abi Dawood. That's his son's son. He said, my son Abdullah is da'if in hadith. But he was an imam in the sunnah. He has the book Kitab al-Musahif. The number one most important book. Everything you need to know about the Quran. The Mus'haf itself. Number one book. The book is knowledge. But he's da'if in hadith. There's no, no problem. 
Not only is he da'if in hadith, but al-imam, Muhammad ibn Ishaq, don't look at him as being small in knowledge. He used to have some issues with al-imam Malik. They used to be against each other from both sides. And the principle comes from their fighting. And that principle is, when you see contemporaries arguing and fighting and saying bad things about each other, don't take that stuff. It's personal. Unless they bring Delil, you can see it's just personal. So this statement that people say, he's been refuted for Kanamada. So what? Who hasn't been refuted? Al-Bukhari was refuted. We're talking about he was refuted. <laughs> Who hasn't been refuted? But that's the new language today. He's been refuted. He's a Hizbi. Yeah, Shalai's from the Hizb of Allah. Well, what does that mean? He's Hizbi. What are you talking about? So we have to really start reevaluating Ikhwani, a lot of the mess and the nonsense and the confusion that has replaced real knowledge. So Imam Muhammad ibn Ishaq used to be arguing and fighting and saying that Imam Malik was ignorant and this and that. And Imam Malik was saying, you and your people are fishermen and fishermen don't have any knowledge and they were going back and forth. Hot, hot, hot. But both of them are illustrious personalities in the deen. So he's an imam. And Imam al-Dhahabi wrote beautiful words about him. Rahmatullahi alayhi in Seer al-Lam al-Nubala. Any more questions, Akhwani? Okay. Hada wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barik ala nabiyyina wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.